All right, getting back into um, our lesson from our break, the basic of biblical organization. Now, when we left, we were talking about practical things that can happen in ministry where decisions are made, but we always want to make them on a biblical perspective, but we have to look at our circumstances sometimes how things will be of the best interest or health to the church or the organization. All right, the the basis of biblical organization. Organization of ministry is not fixed, rigid, are based on worldly patterns. Organization is flexible to accommodate the guidelines of the Holy Spirit. And I think that's what I was trying to stress before we left because, you know, uh, some things have to be, you know, adjusted and looked at what's going to work. But, but we definitely need to accommodate by the guidance of Scripture and then definitely the Holy Spirit. Management of ministry exists for the purpose of achieving God's God-given purpose and plans. Not to create a rigid corporation institution structure. Now I could use the illustration of yes, ma'am. I'm the problem. Those pages. You cannot be elected to leadership in organization. You may be elected, appointed uh, by a man to an office, uh, but no leader is ever made by appointment or election. Now, I know we elect pastors, and we do this, and one of the churches that I pastored with that organization I talked about a few moments ago, I don't know why, but they had a bylaw that every two years the pastor was voted on. Uh, And there were pastors that, they had one pastor at one church was there for 30 years, so you know he got a vote of confidence. Uh, But anyway, um, it works for some, but but those are are internal things. but uh, what we're seeing here is God is the one it calls. That's you must be right. called and equipped by God for the yes, work of the kingdom. Right. And let me say something. You may be called, but it's not appointment time. Does this mean that Trump can't be elected? <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we're talking about government and, and natural things, too. Okay, we'll, we'll talk about that out of class. Um, but, uh, okay, what was I going to say? Um, okay, going back to the illustration of, of the, of the movement that I was talking about. Okay. Um, and then I, I was going to work with the thought when I was 17 years of age, I accepted to call to preach. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was attending church already working with my pastor and things of that nature. That pastor was leaving. I had one of the elders of the church come to me. I'm in high school. He said, you need to be our pastor. Wow. Been, I had been ministering for a good year. Well, I was already eight. I was in my senior year, so I was fixing to turn 19 years old wow. in May and graduate in June. And I looked that man in the face, and I knew he was sincere, and I think he had all the confidence in the world. And for two years, and since I was 14, I had studied the Word of God myself every night, studying the Word of God. Getting in the word of God. And I looked at him and I said, I want a pastor one day, but it's not time for the appointment. I had that much wisdom. You sure did. I had that much wisdom. You know. So I would love to pastor that church. But it was not God's appointed time. Uh-huh. It does not mean that I didn't have the call. Right. So sometimes we've got to look at we got to, we got to be direct. That's why it's important. Right. It says here about the Holy Spirit. Yes. Given the guidance. All right. Selection and promotion as a leader comes from God. For promotion cometh neither from the east nor the west, 
uh, nor from the south. But God is the judge. He putteth down one and setteth up another. And folks, I have prayed that over our government. Now maybe that's the answer. I prayed that, and I don't mean that as a Democrat. I don't mean that as a Republican. But I have asked God to set people down, and I've asked God to put people up. And uh, and when I say that, I don't necessarily name a name. But God give us some Christian leadership. God give us some somebody that's got some morals. Somebody that cares. And I can get into some politics today. There's somebody right now that I could vote for for some of his principles. And it's not a it's not a name we're seeing out there thrown immediately in our face. But when I look at everything, I'm not sure that I can endorse that person. It's not Donald Trump. It's not Biden. And I'll say that much. Okay. All right. Let's move on. Other areas of management. Management also involves analyzing your ministry in order to establish purpose and plans. You can learn how to conduct such a study in the Harvest Time International. And, of course, they're endorsing another study, environmental analysis. Uh, Management also involves the following areas about which you will learn in the Harvest Time. And it's talking about the management objectives. All right, let's look at these things that are highlighted here. Formulating a purpose for ministry in harmony with that of God. If you do not know your purpose and have a vision, you cannot lead others. Well, the Bible says people without a vision will perish. People without a, right. yeah, without a vision, people right. will perish. Not only that, but I can't remember where it's at. It's in the Old Testament, but I believe it's in Proverbs. It talks about in the it's in Proverbs in the in the uh, in the in the multitude of counselors, there's safety. Yeah. In the multitude of counselors, there's safety. And I preached a message on that one time to my leadership, uh, how that we how we needed to work together for that purpose. Um, so we've got to know our purpose. Mm-hmm. We we've got to have a vision, and you cannot lead others. Now that does not mean everybody's going to fall in line with your vision. That's right. They will hate it sometimes. Okay. All right. Um, so we've got to have a purpose. We've got to have a vision. And you cannot lead others. Right. Um, one of the churches that I pastored, they I was the 11th pastor. The church was 73 years old. Mm. Not the building they were in, but they were 73 years old. When I went there, I had no vision. I had 11 people. And they were surviving. And I prayed. And I was there for a little less than two years because of the way the voting every two years. Oh my. They did not line up. And I prayed about it and began, and the church was growing. And I don't give the applause to me, I give the applause to God because I began to obey God. I saw what was working. I didn't try to change anything. But I saw what was working, and I saw we've got to go another route. And I mean this respectful because we're all children of God. But I'm going to tell you what the issue was part with that church. They couldn't accept some people. Oh, my goodness. The church started growing, had a black family come in. And also that church had the, had the opportunity to be blessed and to bless others. Exactly. The overseer called me and he said, we've got a Hispanic congregation that needs a place to worship. Can you work the time? He said they will they will compensate for light bills and whatever. 
And you know what the conversation was when I brought it to the people? <laughs> one, oh, they wanted it. Oh, and one sister led the way. She led the crusade. She said, well, bless God, let's have them. She said, we need some work done around here. Let them do it. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to tell you what. That's when I took my spiritual authority. I said, I want to close the meeting. I said, I think we've got an answer. And I called the overseer. I said, God's blessings to those people. I said, but our church is not ready for that. They don't have a heart to reach out. I said, stop it. No. No. But we, before I left in, in August, we had we had some services of 40 to 80 people starting to come in less than a year. And I don't give God the I mean, I don't give praise to me. I give God the glory. I ran out of I ran with a vision. God started giving me a vision. He gave me a vision for another two years, and they didn't want it. Did the 11 change? There was about five of those that would not budge. Oh, my. And they caused part they of the issue. The and you know what I lost that church for? I mean, one, by, by number one vote. When I, told I think the I imagine seer, it was. When I told the overseer, <laughs> he said, I'm coming up there and validated. I said, leave it alone. Let them have what they got. Yeah. They lost their bill. Well, I'm not going to go into all the details. Yeah. Well, that's sad. Mm -hmm. that that's was, not the only church things like that happening. Yeah. But they could not line up with a vision and saw, and they'd already went through that roller coaster one time before. And I don't have time to tell you about that. Mm. And it was two pastors before me, and he, his hands was tied. Because they did not want to change. They wanted their 11 overall, or their, their 6 mm. of the 11. You'll be judged for that. Um, let's move along. Uh, making plans to... Um, Making plans to achieve the purpose. You will never achieve your purpose if you do not plan to do so. You can always change plans. You can always change the calendar. But if you don't make plans, you're not going to succeed. That's right. You are not going to succeed. Have a vision of what works in the church, what ministries are working in the church. How can we improve them? How can we, uh, uh, how can we enrich them? How can we assimilate others into those areas of ministry or even other ministries? Organizing people and procedures to implement the plan. Management involves motivating and supervising people as they accomplish tasks which are part of God's purpose and plan. So actually, as, as we motivate and we supervise people and they begin to accomplish these tasks, they're being a vital part. That's right. Of yes. uh, my first pastorate, well, not my first pastorate, my first church that I ever started, I had an, I had a, a, a elders. I had elders in the church, and it was a very good learning experience for me. Very good learning experience. And we would get together mm -hmm. once a month. We'd sit down and we'd have prayer together, and we would discuss things. And we would plan things out, and then we would delegate. Um, and and I'll tell you this, it's kind of a little humor story. Um, the church had decided that they, and they had bought some property, and they, it, it was safe, and I was in my, I was in my uh, late 20s, early 30s, and uh, they decided they wanted to buy some life insurance. 
They want to buy life insurance on me. In case something happened to me, you know, well, at least they'd be out of debt for the property and they could get another pastor and roll on because they had a vision they wanted to build. So we, 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 they, they, they got the life insurance policy, $100,000. And uh, so, I don't know, about a year and a half passes and I'm going through some stuff and going through some minutes and making sure there's anything lately we haven't addressed it or we need to go back to that we haven't resolved. And all of a sudden it dawned on me, there's no delegation, there's no way that anything is said how this money's gonna be dispersed if something happens to me. I came before the elder board and I said, look, I said, I wanna address this. I said, I want each one of you to go home. I said, we're gonna get back together next month. And I said, I want you to put a plan together. Each one of you. When we came back, we went around the table. Everybody presented their, because I was figuring, okay, we listened to everybody, then we can kind of adjust if there's something here that sounds good, blah, blah, blah. Well, I noticed one of the brothers. He had nothing. He had no materials, not even a notebook, note. And the next thing, it comes to him. He's the last one. I called him by name. I said, brother, I said, you know, how would you like to address this? And folks, you're not going to believe what came out of his mouth. Mm. Oh, it was a good plan. But we sit there and we laughed because it was not an effective plan. Mm. He had not prayed about it. He had really not gave it a lot of thought. But yet it was a good practical plan. This is what he said. Because previous, some of them said, well, I think we need to bury you. Thank you. Uh, pay for that. And we all give Janice something. And we all put something toward missions and we need to pay the land off. And if there's anything, let's just put it toward the building. Okay, so that's that, that, the practical of it all. But this dear brother, these are the words that come out of his mouth. He said, I think that if something happens to you, that we need to get a new pastor and we don't have any church policy. Now, where does that work with common sense and wisdom? It doesn't. They won't do They won't do the money. Do they still have that policy? No. <laughs> okay. Change the beneficiary. No. 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 So what he was looking at is okay. We we found a way to make money. Let's just get another pastor and get a policy on it. That's good practical. It's practical thought, but it does not resolve what you're wanting to do. Making plans to, to achieve. So they can pay the church That's terrible. I'm glad we got something resolved because I don't know he, he could have had a lead hit hit a, 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 a lead squad. But, but he was a good man of God. He was a good man of God. That is terrible. Or there's a lot of places like that. And I pastored that church for almost 12 years. Good Lord. But you know, that's knowledge we have to have because we may face that for future wisdom. And 10 years passing, you know, I I pastored the church for another 10 years. How did it end? I mean,. I ended up, the they ended up cashing it in, and I got part of the proceeds. Oh, I'm wow. talking about, as far as the meeting, did, did they finally... They, they finalized to put a plan together. together. Okay. Yeah. 
And so if I had a deduction for the purpose of the what yeah. insurance yeah, they did. They they put they, they allocated that they pay X number about the funeral and right. give Janice a percentage. They did. They okay. did. Well, good. And and I guess if I'd have died, they'd have got another pastor and put life insurance policy on it. On him too. <laughs> okay. All right, we're having fun with this, aren't oh, we? My okay. Perfecting uh, okay, organizing people and procedure to implement. Okay, we talked about that a little yeah. bit. But management involves motivating and supervising people as they accomplish tasks which are a part of God's purpose and plan. So we're assimilating others in. Um, perfecting the plan through evaluation. The Lord's work should be done with excellence. Yes. That doesn't mean that we're going to get everything perfect. Right. It yes. doesn't mean that we're going to put the comma in the right place always. Yes. But our goal ought to be with excellency. It's like the former pastor that I was talking about. Listen, you may not be able to landscape it immaculate, but you can keep the grounds clean. You can keep the parking lot neat. You can keep the grass mowed, and it looks appropriate in the neighborhood. Um, and I know it's a very practical. Um, but uh, the Lord's work should be done with excellence. How's the best we can do it? Um, there again... I've experienced situations where I didn't sit people down because they sang and they had difficulties. And, I, and I'll tell you this. I had a man in our church, him and his wife. His wife passed away and they sang. He played the guitar. They'd done a tremendous job as he aged. He got to the place with dementia. And folks, I literally stood on the platform of one of the last churches I pastored. He's gone to be with the Lord. Mm-hmm. We got up one Sunday morning and he's trying to play. He can play a guitar. And he kept repeating the same words, mm-hmm. the same words, dementia. Mm-hmm. And I literally, you know what the, You know what Harry said? Under my breath, this has got to stop. Mm-hmm. I cannot continue to let him do this. Get up for five minutes in the service. And I heard the Spirit of God say, he's doing everything he does out of a heart. Yes. Of worship. Yes. I never set yes. that man down. Mm-hmm. Yes. Good. I never set him down until he got facilitated in a nurse at home and couldn't come to church. Mm-hmm. I'd rather have that five minutes of somebody that was That's doing right. it in excellence. That's right. That was excellence. So we've got to discern those things. That's right. Yes, we do. Mm-hmm. And if I'd have set him down, there have been some and, and I never I never I never had a problem with anybody coming to me saying anything. Other than Janet, she says, what are we going to do? And it was her uncle. Mm-hmm. I said, he's going to continue to That's do right. what he does. That's right. Because mm-hmm. he was worshiping. Yes, he, yes, was. he was. Yes, he was. Yeah. Yes, he mm-hmm. was. And we don't know what was coming from that right. heart to That's God. Right. You know, that's right. That's exactly right. <clears throat> and we had, some, we had some other music that was you know, very appropriate. And people, I think they 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 learned that that was that was just going to be what it was. And if people have a problem with that, let me tell you, that's their problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And they have to deal with that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, some reasons why proper management and ministry is important provides purpose and direction. If you are to be successful in ministry, then you must have purpose and plans in harmony with those of God and be able to communicate them to others. When you know your specific purpose for ministry and make plans to fulfill that purpose, then you can lead others. If you don't know what you're doing, how are you going to lead others? Mm -hmm. Leaders must know where they are going. 
Sister Tammy gave us a good illustration of that a few moments ago, where they're going in order to guide others. Mm -hmm. Guidance and unity in ministry involve common purpose and direction. Uh -huh. One of the worst things is confusion. And every war, every war, every miscommunication, everything basically is over miscommunications, mm -hmm. misunderstandings. Uh -huh. I'm going to tell you, it's better if Brother Terry, I'm going to use you for example, says something to me, and I start formulating an opinion about it. That's why a lot of times I'll ask somebody what they just told me. Mm -hmm. Because I want to know what they said. I want to make sure I heard what they right, said. Right. Because 99.99% of all of our problems is miscommunication. Yes, that's right. And a lot of times, the miscommunication is we thought we heard something or we assumed, you know, we assumed. Yeah. It's better to ask. It's better to ask. I literally had this happen to a man in our church one time. At that time, we were recording everything. I don't even remember what it was. It's been submitted a long years ago. And he called me up on the phone and he said, Pastor, he said, you said something Sunday. And he says, you directed that right to me. Well, if the Holy Spirit did, good. Mm -hmm. But I knew I had not called his name. Right. And I had no idea what he was talking about. And I said, brother, tell me what, what I said. Well, he stumbled and, and tried to tell me what I said. And I'm thinking, I, you know. Don't even remember that. And I said, brother, I tell you what. I said, of all honesty, I said, I want to resolve this. I said, let's listen. I said, I'm going to come by your house. I said, let's listen to the tape. It ain't there. He, it wasn't there. He assumed something. Something he heard, he assumed. 99.99% most things is miscommunication, which is confusion. And who is the author of that? Chaplaincy work, going to chapel at a hospital. Mm -hmm. We had to test this course on caring and listening skills. But just like you said, you can say something, and people hear what they want to hear, mm -hmm. but it's not what you said. That happens. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They go around home, they mm -hmm. be mad at you and mm -hmm. you didn't say that. Yes. Well, but they mm -hmm. heard what they wanted. They, they didn't hear what you said. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's exactly right, sister. Exactly right. Mm -hmm. It eliminates confusion. Yes. For God is not the God of confusion, but of peace. Therefore, be an imitator of God as beloved children. If God, if God's activities are not characterized by confusion, the ministries of his servants should not be either. Um, I, think, I think sometimes we... we well, no, I don't think sometimes. I think we need to know where our place is, mm -hmm. what our purpose is. Because leaderships are going to be different. Um, I'm the kind of person that if we were a church and I was pastoring you and Sister Sister Sheila Kay is, is wanting to go a particular area of ministry, I want her to run with that. Mm -hmm. I want us to communicate. If I see any issues... That I can, maybe I should say situation, but maybe situation is a better word. I want to compliment mm -hmm. and be constructive. I want that one-on-one -on -one conversation. That's why I said what I said, that I really appreciated those three and a half years, almost four years, the mentoring that that pastor did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Yes. He took his leadership, other than just saying, okay, you're the youth pastor. Shoot, go out there and do it. Just, just take the gun and start shooting. Mm-hmm. He communicated. They worked together. He wanted to know. He let them tell them what, what's, going, what's going on. Mm-hmm. And then if he on one-on-one wanted to talk and discuss uh, and, and prayed over all of them. That's why I said earlier, I think I finished my statement, I want us to begin to pray for each other these two months that God will begin to anoint us afresh for whatever leadership that we're in right now Mm -hmm. and where God's wanting to place us. Amen. Because some of you are not where God's wanting you right now Mm -hmm. to take you. And the worst, not the worst, but the hardest place sometimes is the moment of waiting. Yes, it is. Yes. Yes. I want you to think about Moses. He's out there on the back side of the desert. You're 80 years old. That ain't the most pleasant place to be. Yeah. You know, and you don't want to go back to Egypt because you've had the past. Oh, gosh. Think about that. Yes. All right. Okay. Um, purpose and, okay, we're down at the uh, bottom. Okay, permit uh, proper decision. Decisions determine your destiny. Somebody posted on Facebook the other day, and I thought it was a, a real positive statement. Um, you can have your, well, I'm not saying exactly. You can have your opinions, and you make your decisions. But you are responsible, and I are responsible for the consequences of those decisions. Mm-hmm. Yes. We are. So decisions determine your destination. Have I made it all right at times and made the best decision? No, me and Janice, we've looked. But see, I can go and cry and waller in the past and miss God's now. That's right. That's right. Beautiful. I look back and there's 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 some decisions me and Janice have made that I've looked back and I said, you know, what if? But you've learned from it. I've learned from it. Yes. I always remember. If there is a stone or steps in front of you, they can be positive for you to go to the next level or you can stumble over them. No matter what you face in life, let things be a stepping stone to where you need to go. Where you need to go. This is true even of salvation. You made a decision to either accept or reject the gospel and your eternal destination is determined by your decision. And we know it's a continual process, too. Your present life and ministry is determined by previous decisions you have made. As Sister Sheila said, it should be where we've learned from it. Uh, my pastor, again, they start talking about life insurance policy. I'm going to leave because people are mean today, and they'll shoot you. Yes. No, You're right, though. <laughs> you are. You, you either made decisions by thoughtful planning or on the spur of the moment. Good management permits you to make proper decisions with the guidance of the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're in that leadership position with a title, if you want to set that, you ought to be seeking God, God to give you uh, a vision. Yeah. But as you have others that are hopefully following you or are part of that ministry, getting their input... Mm-hmm. And having them to pray and seek God, sometimes what we hear from others will help. Mm-hmm. It will gel what God has showed us. Right. I find that even with me and Janice, because we work together in ministry. 
I'll begin to pray about something, and I will immediately go and share it. Mm -hmm. I'll pray about it, and I've even asked God, Lord, if there is something here that you're showing me, speak to Janice. Speak to Janice, and I've had her come. I've had her come and say things. You know, have you considered or you thought about this? I almost want to say, praise God, hallelujah, just you know, but... But I don't because I want to hear her out. I want to I want to know where we're going with this. Uh, I probably shouldn't tell this. Y'all don't tell her I told this. No, we won't. <laughs> we was in church. It was the first church that I'd ever started. One estate and they had the insurance policy. Twelve years. Um, we're in church. Man, we are having a move of God that morning. We're having a powerful move of God. And uh, people in the altar and, and people worshiping. And all of a sudden, things begin to settle down. I didn't even preach that morning. Didn't even preach that morning. And the next thing I know, my wife gets up, stands up. She's associate pastor. She says, I've got to tell everybody, and this ain't like Janice. She said, I've got to tell y'all what the Lord just put in my spirit. I wanted to, I wanted to crawl under the pulpit. I'm thinking Oh, my God, why didn't you share that with me first? Why didn't we talk about this? And now you say this in front of the congregation. She said, the Lord just told me he's going to, you take this, and I believe God blesses. I believe in prosperity. But I'm not one of these out here that's going to be silly. She says, I believe the Lord is going to give us a a Lincoln Town car. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Crawl under the pulpit, I said to myself, This is not the place, nor the time. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about getting a Lincoln Town car. <laughs> it went well. Within three months, we got uh, an offer from uh, through the school system because both of us working with the school system that they were giving a discount to employees. Well, we went over to the Lincoln place. And you know how I got out of buying that car? I looked at the salesman, I said, my goodness, that I have to mortgage my house and move in the truck when he showed me the size of the truck. I said, to make the payments. Well, we got out of that. That summer, I did a revival for a, for, for a pastor. I'd always seen him in his work truck. He run a sheetrock business. I'd never seen him in his automobile. And I got there before the church was even open. Everybody was there that one night, about the second night of the revival. And he comes across the parking lot and I looked up, I said, oh, God, it's the ugliest car I've ever seen in my life. That's the words that come out of my mouth. It was a desert rose, but when it, a desert rose color, it was beautiful. It was beautiful when you, when you really saw it. And the sunlight would, you know, make it different. When you're looking at it, he got out and he'd think nothing about it. With about three months, we owned that car. Oh, my. Mm. He called us. And he says, uh, and he didn't know what Janice had said. He said, uh, Harry, he said, uh, I'm going to, he said, I'd rather sell it. He said, but I'm going to get my wife another car. She drives this mostly. And so with that being said, he said, would you be interested? I said, okay. He let us have it for a Friday. We drove it all day Saturday, took it back in on Sunday. That's the puppy dog effect. That's where they give you the dog and you go in the little room. Oh, yeah. You know? yeah. Oh, I know okay, yeah, yeah. And so anyway, he was even willing, willing to finance it. Easiest, easiest thing I ever paid for in my life. 
He financed it himself for 18 months. We had paid off in six months. Six months. Mm. So that was God's blessings, but it really, it really hit me. So, you know, we've got to discern things even in those moments that they happen, even though it was God's blessings. Let's get back. All right. So things happen in church, and we have to we have to serve them. But when God gives that direction, and we talk about it, we discuss it, we make plans. Um, and right now we're in a transition. Me and Janice, we're in some transition of ministry, and we're seeking God about some things, and God's showing us some things. Um, you know, one of the things that I think that is is important that we're going to touch on is per, permits action rather than reaction. There's a difference in reacting to things and, and for planning. Okay, let's use it like this. None of us want a fire in our home. But being proactive, we put smoke detectors in. Mm-hmm. It may save your life. But in that moment, we don't, you know, we're alarmed, we're ready, we know, then we can get out safely. And we can even, in the midst of all that, hopefully we've done made the 911 call and the fire department's on the way. And we can be like Pat Boone, and we can, this is true, Pat Boone, actually his house burnt down years ago. And when the fire department pulled up, they were out on the lawn singing Amazing Grace. Oh, my. Wow. So we can have a peace in the midst of, you know, and that's what happens. A lot of times we are, we're, we're in the react, and we don't have the peace of God. We don't have the moment uh, to allow the Holy Spirit like we ought to to give us the peace. Yeah. But if there's principles that are already set that's keeping us governed in that moment is very beneficial. Very beneficial. So the writer here says uh, this calls leaders to react rather than act with wisdom and purpose. Then he goes on without a strategy or plan you do not know what you are doing in ministry, why you are doing it, and how it is to be done. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm 66 years of age, pastored five churches, 30 years, and I look back now in my first two churches. Not that I haven't had to learn since then. I've looked back and I didn't know. I did not know what I was doing. I did not know what I was doing. But I do know this much. I was seeking the mind of God. And see, that's what makes the difference. I was learning to seek the mind of God even though I did not know what I was doing. When I look back, there's areas that I look back. Oh, my goodness. Did I do that? Yeah. Yeah. So it's good to have the personal inventory. Yes. As God is moving us or stepping us up. Good management transforms desire to demonstration and vision to reality. It helps you to determine what you are to do and how to do it in order to fulfill God's purpose. And then, of course, there's the accountability uh, here again. In the parable of the talents of Matthew 25, 14 through 30, the servants were accountable for all that was entrusted to their care. Their master had a plan communicated it to them. Did you hear that? Mm-hmm. And they were to fulfill it by investing the funds they were given. One just took the security to hide it, to protect it, and give it back. 
Well, let's applaud him. But it but was not one projected in the right way, though, because he said you could have at least you put could. it in, like in the bank, That's so exactly. it would have gained interest. That's you exactly didn't gain right. Anything yeah. by burying it. That's exactly right, sister. That's exactly right. And you know, that, that's good that you brought that up because, you know, what if somebody would have saw him, stole it? What if the way he stored it, mm-hmm. it would have destroyed it? Mm-hmm. So you bring up a very valid point there. He was not a good steward. And yes, he was to multiply. You are accountable not only for knowing God's will for your life and ministry, but also for doing it. There's a lot of us we know, but we don't act. Mm-hmm. And I think there's, and there may be more than that, but I think there's two reasons why. Sometimes it's out of fear, mm-hmm. and some of it's out of comfort zone. Yeah. Out of comfort zone. Mm-hmm. All right. If you do not wisely manage the ministry with which you are entrusted, you will be held accountable. That's right. Look what happened in Luke 12, 47. And that servant which knew his Lord's will, there's the catch, and prepared not himself, neither did according to his will, will be beaten with many stripes. So there was consequences. There was consequences. Yes. Okay. Um, from its elevation. Evaluation, excuse me. Can't read read what's wrote there. Management includes evaluation to see if you are fulfilling God's purpose and plan. Understanding biblical principles of success and reasons for failure permit such evaluation. None of us are above evaluation. We ought to evaluate ourselves. Uh, permits you wise use of spiritual resources. Good management helps you manage spiritual uh, resources properly and enables you to be a good proper steward of funds, material, possessions, people, and spiritual work gifts for the work of God's kingdom. Mm-hmm. For, a do- for a great door and effectual is open unto me, and there are many adversaries. Mm-hmm. Now Paul doesn't uh, uh, does not uh, say that there won't be some obstacles, right. but he says we're to look for the door yeah. that's open. It is open unto me. Even if there's adversaries, even if there's things that, that, that are attempting to shut the door. Um, when God opens the door, you must be ready to walk through them and face a new challenge or challenges. This is not possible without proper preparation. Read the parable of the wise and the foolish virgins. God opens doors, but they do not stay open forever. That is true. That is true. They open and wait for you to enter. Then they close, sometimes never to open again. Mm. Harmonize ministry with God's will, and I've underlined some of these. The first question of the Apostle Paul after his conversion was, what will you have me to do? That is a loaded question. Yes. That is a loaded question. What would you have me to do? Mm -hmm. He was asking God, what is the plan? What is your plan for my life and ministry? Wise stewardship brings your life and ministry in harmony with God's purpose and plans. Folks, there's moments, and it's not just a, uh, just a moment to, to, to be silly. It's not a moment just to 
be impractical, but but to be, I mean, honest with God. I was uh, I was 19 years old, <coughs> came out of high school, was working with the church. I was not pastoring. And one evening, I literally found myself on the floor in my bedroom. I was driving the night. This was in 1977. I was driving the 1968 Impala, almost a motor ready to blow, making less than $4 an hour, working in a grocery store, married, got a house I'm paying for, or a trailer, all those kind of things. And I knew that God wanted me to go into ministry. Well, I was already in mission. He knew he wanted me to pastor someday. And I was trying to make preparations, but I literally got down on the floor of that mobile before I went to work that evening. And I got my face in that corner, and I said, God, I don't have much, but what I've got belongs to you. There we go. And I started naming every bit of it. I said, that car out there, everything. I said, I want it to be used for your glory. Folks, this is the truth. God knows when to bless you yes. when you're honest with him. Yes, he does. I got up, had to be at work at 4 o'clock, had a truck that night. When I walked in, I was doing customer service on the front, bagging groceries and had a stock area, and uh, working full-time for Winn-Dixie. And all of a sudden, I looked up. I'd been there maybe 45 minutes to an hour, and the manager, I don't know if you remember some of the old grocery stores that used to have the office a little yes, office I sitting, did. okay, yeah. especially Win Dixie's, right there in the front, sitting, mm-hmm. sitting up, kind of elevated. And all of a sudden, I looked, and he's going. And so I got through bagging, walked up there. He said, "Harry, he said I need to tell you something." He said, "They're going to pay it to you in increments," but he says, "When you turned 18 years of age, he said you were supposed to get a raise." Wow. I've been working for him for about three years, mm-hmm. part time. There I was full time. He said, You're supposed to got a raise. There was vacation and everything. I don't remember what the total was. And I had no more than two hours before that. Mm-mm-mm. That's great. That's God. Yes. Yes. That's God. Yes. Amen. Um, God seeks leaders. God told King Saul. I want to uh, say that um, Piggly Weekly is like that too, with the office up there. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's the older, older style yeah. grocery well, store. You can oversee your employees. That's right. Oversee. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. But now that kingdom shall not continue. Now listen to this. These are hard words. When God begins to, to to put somebody down, and I don't mean that the way it sounded, but He's He's having to put them down because of disobedience and, mm-hmm. and, and remove them is a better word. But now that kingdom shall not continue. The Lord hath sought him a man after his own heart. Now, that's what we find with the man that didn't do what he was supposed to do with talents. He didn't have a heart after God. He didn't listen to the voice of God. And the Lord hath commanded him to be captain over his people because thou hast not kept that which the Lord commanded thee. Now, I want you to remember something. Saul was the king for 40 years. But during that 40 years... God had David yes, he did. out on the hills preparing him. Yes. And even before David went to the throne, he was already anointed by Samuel to be, to be the king yeah. previous years before that. But the anointing was there, but the appointment wasn't the moment. Right. Right. Well, Saul didn't reign very long, did he? Reign 40 years. He did? I yeah. thought he was still taking another position I believe it was earlier. Okay. 40, I believe it. 
Um, God still searches for men who he can use as leaders. And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me and for the land that I should not destroy it. But I found none, Ezekiel 22.30. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him, 2 Chronicles 16.9. Becoming a good manager takes time and effort. Now, I want to make a statement that's not necessarily here. A lot of times in our concept of getting something accomplished for God, we're looking, and longevity is important, but we're looking for things to be longevity, or, 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 and some things are. They're, they're, they're a life. They're a lifetime. They're a lifestyle. But all of our appointments may not be at the same place. Right. It may not be the same ministry or job or, or yes. church or whatever. The other thing is, I think we have this concept sometimes, I've got to get it accomplished. I've got to get it. I've got to get it. I've got to get it. How much I get accomplished? How much is on my spiritual resume? And this is not a cop-out. This is not a cop-out. And it goes back to one of the test questions about faithfulness. Mm -hmm. And Jesus sets the example. Jesus only had three and a half years to do what he done here on the mm -hmm. earth. But also there's scripture that says we will do greater things. Yeah. Now that doesn't mean that we're greater than Christ. Yeah. But what that means is we probably have the time frame. We've got more than three and a half years. Well, he yeah. said he was going home to the Father, That's too. exactly right. And, and that's why we would have more strength. That's exactly right. was coming. Yes. 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 So overall, let's look at the perspective that we need to be faithful. And faithfulness is constantly being teachable, then making those applications in where we're serving, lining up with God's word, and here's the other thing. We don't ever get to the place, it's my ministry, and I know we say that, or my church. Mm -hmm. Because when we get that it's my, or it's all about mm -hmm. us, and we've got an insurance policy, and my wife's going to be taken care of, I'm using, I'm throwing that in there. Okay, but we're not invested in others. I'm going to tell you if, if there's anything that I want more than anything in my life is that I hopefully instilled in somebody else to run and go further than I'll ever have the opportunity. I've had the opportunity to be in the life of about three or four ministers and I want to see them achieve. I want to see them go further than I ever did, wherever God is leading them and calling them. That's one of the reasons I love teaching, is if I can, if, if I do nothing else, you don't learn nothing. That's an awful way to put this. You don't learn nothing today, but at least to fall greater in love with your Lord mm -hmm. and his word, mm -hmm. and you'll be teachable. That's because you've got God's heart. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it shows you. 
All right, being a good manager takes time and effort. Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be rewarded by fire, and the fire shall take every man's work of what sort it is. Now, we know that gold is made pure by fire, isn't it? All right, and our, our text here talks about wood, hay, stubble, all grow above the ground. It is easily produced and can easily be seen by man, but it is easily destroyed. Gold and silver are precious metals produced under the ground. They are not readily seen by man, but they are more lasting, more of an eternal. Flashly popular secular leadership is like wood, hay, and stubble. It's seen, it, it is seen in man and easily produced through natural talents and abilities. Mm -hmm. Godly leadership is like gold and silver. It is produced by the power of the Holy Spirit in the inner hidden man, but it is uh, infinitely precious and durable. And actually, there, there is the fact that we are going to stand at the judgment. If we've, if we've had our sins atoned by the blood, that's not the judgment I'm talking about. I'm talking about the judgment of our works. And we're not saved by works, but uh, I believe that uh, if we're uh, being a good manager and taking the time and the effort and being faithful and we're seeking biblical perspectives of, and, and precepts, they're going to be of that of gold and silver. They're going to be that that's going to last. Billy Graham made a statement, and I may not say it word for word, but he, he and, and I'll apply this here, and I was thinking about it just a few moments ago, he said that if he had only four years to live, Think about this. All the years that he did have an opportunity to minister. He said, if I had four years, he said, I'll tell you what I'd do with those four years. And I got to thinking about that. I said, really? What are you going to get done? He said, I'd take three years. He said, I'd prepare myself. Study, reading, finding the mind of God. And he said, I'd burn out that last year. He said, I'd burn out. He said, if I only knew I had four years. Think about that. Because in the time that you're preparing is a place of relationship, if it's proper. I don't want cancer in my body, and the enemy is a trespasser, and it's not there. But I'll tell you what, those first two years, especially those first two years, I wouldn't want that in my body. But that was some of the two precious years of my life, spending with God. Going to bed, couldn't sleep, but laying there and just talking to Jesus. In the sweet presence of the Holy Ghost. And I learned something, Sister Joyce. I've always had this thing about falling asleep talking to the Lord. How rude. I know. How rude. But I'm going to tell you, I would trade some of those nights that I laid there and couldn't sleep and just start talking to him. The Spirit would take over and start praying in tongues and, and just worshiping Him and just fall off to sleep. That was my medication that I needed. I wasn't being rude. That's what my Savior done. That's what my Lord done. That's what my doctor done. He ministered to us, and He does that. It's not about flashy. It's not about secular leadership as the wood and the hay and the stubble. 
And there's a lot of things that are superficial. You just look at a church and, and the way we do things sometimes. Uh, we've got an old mobile home uh, that was part of ministry at one time. And uh, I preached a message. How that that foundation that you see is all superficial. It's brickwork, but the real structure of support is those blocks that are on footers. Yes. All that skirt around mm -hmm. it, and it's actual brick that's been poured. All that's superficial. It just looks good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But the real structure's under there where you don't see it. The mm -hmm. real support. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's right. That's that important. That is true. All right, let's go over the self-test real quickly. My goodness, it's time to go to lunch. Okay. All right. And I may have to I may have to put it in third gear when we get back. Okay, let's go over these and then we'll take a break. Uh, I think we've got the time, maybe. Okay. Uh, our memory verse, if you don't put the King James, I'm not gonna beat you up, but if you put the, the one that's in the test uh, text, uh, to aspire to leadership is an honorable admonition. And if you don't get these as I say them, if you haven't wrote them in, you can go back and get them. All right. I actually put uh, the other. This is a true saying. If a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. And that's uh, 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. We're to define management. Another word for stewardship, stewards or manager. Mm -hmm. Are responsible over something entrusted uh, to them by someone else. Management is the process of accomplishing God's purpose and plans through proper use of human material and spiritual resources. Management is evaluated uh, by whether or not these plans are accomplished. So that's something that you need to study uh, and, and learn. Then number three, list the spiritual resources over which believers are managers. These are very important. The gospel, finances, material sources of ministry, spiritual gifts, other believers. Um, on page 13 and 15, there's other 18 points made of things Believers should take management. And we may try to go through some of those when we come back. Number four, this is important, faithfulness. What is required of a steward? Faithfulness. Mm -hmm. Because God knows your heart when you're faithful. Even if you don't do it right, God knows your heart. And who's our greatest example? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Based on the discussion in this lesson, Write a summary of what the management of ministry includes. Now, I think we see those listed, but I'm going to give you what I've got. I've got eight. It says anointed leadership, biblical qualifications, servant heart, shepherd, decision-making, solving conflict, and discipline, or discipline problems. Number six, leaders and followers must be trained. Seven, apply principles of success taught in God's word. Eight, avoid violations that can that cause failure in leadership. Number nine, understanding principles of biblical organization. That's on the test. Wait, 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 wait. Are you talking about 
I don't have eight and nine. No, 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 no. I, I listed nine things. Oh. Under number six. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, and you'll find these. We've talked about them. Number seven, why is good management important? The first point that I've got, it provides purpose and direction. Two, it eliminates confusion. We discussed these. Three, permit proper decisions. Four, establishes priorities for ministry. Five, permit action rather than reaction. Number six, establishes accountability. Seven, permits evaluation. Eight, permits wise use of spiritual resources. Nine, prepares you to enter open doors. Ten, harmonize ministry with God's will. All right, let's go ahead and go to lunch, and uh, we'll try to get back somewhere between 12.30 and 12.35.